Cross? Was that? Ah! Yes! Carrion Cross is back and he's attacked McIntyre! Come on, Come on! What the hell? Oh! Roman Reigns looking on, the Usos looking on! Carrion Cross, a former NXT champion, has returned! And there's Scarlett with the hourglass. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. His my name is Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything <laughs> about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's fire! <laughs> <laughs> Probably look like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick! <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! Are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Good wrestling day. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. Today is our go-home show for the Season 4 finale. One more episode left, and Season 4 is a wrap. Thanks for listening in. It's the Top of Wrestling Podcast, and it's been a minute since I've thanked all the people who are listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We appreciate you when you subscribe, when you like, and of course, when you share. What's on the dock for today? We got some news. We got AEW results, a couple of returns this past week. Bring it to the table, the Monday Night Wars, and probably my favorite topic when it comes to our movie segments to date. I think this is going to be a fun one today when we get to our movie of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him as the doc. Some of you know him as Joe. On here, we know him as ODM. This week you can call me the guy that actually watched AEW Dynamite. <laughs> oh shit! Did darts get canceled or something? I watched it Thursday. <laughs> I DVR'd it. <laughs> okay. Wow. Someone learned how to use their DVR. Uh, That's cool. Well, I just got access to like streaming where I have the functionality to do that. So there. <laughs> That's fair. And I'm glad that we'll be talking about that. I'm sure you're probably going to bring up a weekly Cornette reference because I've already read a couple of things about his take on some of the recent AEW stuff, and something just had me laughing. Just the other day, or today, I was reading 
a quote of his, and as soon as I look at the bottom, I go, wait, who's saying this? It said Jim Cornette. I immediately, while reading, his voice was in my head. I could only just hear him be like, you got this stupid motherfucker that nobody knows about, and you got this guy over here that nobody cares about, and a match that nobody knows why it's happening. I'm like, I hear it. I hear every bit of it. I like it. Um, Look, before we dive into news, I didn't think that in the off-season I'd have to bring up our fantasy league. And generally... I would say that, hey, it's it's the commissioner, right? We got to talk about the commish. No. Um, this past weekend, I get an alert. I'm looking at it, and it made me laugh. It was right after I had my, my gig at the festival, and I'm looking at it, and, and this guy in our league says, I, I think what we should do is, if you have first place, you should draft last in the upcoming season. I'm like... Wait, 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 wait. I already know changes are coming. And, and from what we understand, it's just going to be certain guys. You're only allowed to get certain guys from so many um, brands or promotions. And we're going to kind of spread the love to make it a little more equal. So but yeah. if you change that in a non-monetary league where I'm not winning anything other than just from fucking bragging rights. And I and I get it. I could hold the championship, but I don't get to keep it get to keep anything other than the bragging rights why in the hell would i go nfl style as you kind of alluded to me before you know what just because i had the the best record i have to pick last no man what's the point of winning then i'll i'll shit every year just to pick up the best guy it's stupid yeah the worst part was his analogy too he says it was uh this was his first league and his first year joining he said once i was in a go-kart league they had reverse days. Yeah, I got a question about that. On. Stop. Before we move on. Hang on. I'm sorry. Are you going to a, a racetrack each week and racing? Are you guys playing Mario? Uh... <laughs> Mario Kart? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I'm just kind of curious because he's like, well, I was in a go-kart league. Who the fuck is in a go-kart league? That's that's uh, weird. Yeah, it, it is very weird. So, yeah, it, it it's it's lame. Uh, let him, let... So here's, here's my thing. Uh, his comment was... Uh, Tiger Queen's uh, change is coming to seven season post. So I don't think that was his initial idea. It probably going back to the, you get three superstars or however many three wrestlers from uh, each promotion, right? So SmackDown raw NXT yeah. uh, and AEW. So I don't know who the hell knows what they're going to do. It, whatever they do, it's either going to be rigging it to the point where they're going to give points to the mid tier teams to make them jump ahead you know, like, oh, if it's three weeks in the season and somebody's up by two more than 200 points, everybody else gets 100 points. It's going to be some lame shit like that. Watch. I'll walk. I'm winning my shit fair and square. We've won that three seasons straight. So, you guys so here's the deal. Real fuckery, we're out. Yeah. So we've got a little bit of time coming off. We haven't discussed how much time we're going to take off. We'll get there. But I think during that free time, we should really focus on our efforts on putting together the biggest, baddest promo we've done yet. Because we've done some knockout ones. Well, it's funny because we killed it in the beginning of the season last season with both of us being like, it's going to be the same thing. We're going to win and keep it coming. And then at the end, paper championship. And now this one, I didn't even need to go with a promo on this. But, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. As soon as he said that, like, 
if you won first place, you should draft last. Why should I have to lose to any of you pricks? I beat you all. Anyway, let's get on with some real news. There you go. I'm going to open it saying it like this. I see you. I see you, Triple H. I see you, you guy. I, I see what you're doing. Thank you, man. Holy shit. Within about a two to three week period, this man has brought back Dakota Kai, brought Bailey back at the right time during SummerSlam. A little questionable because I guess they have no real major plans with that, but, you know, that's it's something. But as we all know, this past Friday on SmackDown, your closing segment, you got Roman Reigns in the ring with the Usos. Out comes Drew McIntyre saying he isn't going to wait till Clash at the Castle. And then he gets jumped by a guy with hair that people have not seen on WWE TV because when he left, he was fucking bald. And it took a lot of that WWE fans. That's right, universe is out the window. Thank you. But the it took them all a minute to realize it was Karrion Cross, And it was great because they went to the black and white and then fucking Scarlet. Well, first, the beatdown he gave to Drew on the steps, I was like, okay, yeah, you know Triple H is in charge. That's not anything Vince would have allowed before. Nope. And Scarlet comes over with that that clock, the the sand hourglass, uh, hour sand clock, or whatever you call it. Yeah, and flips it. Tick tock to Roman Reigns. What? Wow. Wow. And you know the conversation had to be like this. Look at Hunter. I mean, I'm not sure if I really want to come back. I mean, you made me look like a Viking last time, and I lost three matches to Jeff Hardy, all in a combined total of six minutes. We're going to put the world title on you. At some point. I think Triple H being in charge, you need fresh people. Champa is going to get what he needs and deserves. Kevin Owens, we're going to get a good version of Kevin Owens. And you know who? what else we're going to get? Now that he's back, Cody being there, I think that could be kind of interesting. But tell me Johnny Gargano doesn't just go right back to WWE now. He never had to to sign with AEW. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. But, yeah, I mean, you fucking nailed it. Now, I mean, obviously it's going to be long-term before we know what actually happens and how this all plays out. But it definitely seems like, like they're revamping this shit. Like, they're not wasting time. Like, the names you just mentioned, that's top tier. That's that's top tier. You've got a lot going on just at the top. You know, the and some of your, your tweeners will, will, will fizzle down to the middle card, and that's fine. Uh, you know, I really think with Triple H in charge, this could give them, like, like the beat down on AEW, especially the way things have been going there. Um, you know, this past week wasn't terrible, but. But on top of that, there's rumors. We could get a new tag division. New tag division, yeah, because WWE's tag division doesn't exist right now. Um, but it's the, the Usos and everybody else. It's been, you know, street private profits. profits yeah. You got, yeah, New Day and Viking Raiders. That's pretty much all I've seen in the last yep. couple months or even more. Um, I, I do like the meme I sent you guys a little while ago. Uh, they've been in. The WWE well over a decade, and I really don't know which is Jay Uso and which is Jimmy Uso. And I'm like, I'm no shit, dude. I really don't. Even when, if you said right now which one was in the feud with Roman Reigns, uh, one of them. Yeah, I, <laughs> one of them did that that Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking remember. Different signs of the same coin. 
Yeah, but they're but now they're teasing. Now they're talking about they're going to be holding the tournament for the uh, women's tag team championships, uh, and that kind of leads into rumors that Sasha Banks and Naomi are going to be coming back. Uh, it's been talked about on the uh, Wrestling Observer Live and Wrestle, Wrestling Observer Podcast, uh, but both Alvarez and Meltzer uh, seem to think that they have definitely resigned or will be resigning shortly. The timing of the tournament come, going on makes sense because I could see him just putting the belts right back on them and being like, there you go. Sorry about that, guys. I did see that Kari Sane could also be coming back to WWE for this tag title. Uh, really? picture as well tell me we don't get the what what were they the warriors or what what was oscar and kabuki Kari warriors Sane? kabuki warriors just saying you know you have a lot of options if triple h is in charge again man it's already looking good Shayna baszler's in the picture i mean it's just things are looking already in a much brighter future and it's because the other and what's funny to me is the other night I'm sitting there in bed is where I, it's funny, I always, right before I go to sleep is when I have some of my best ideas, you know, and I'm like, that's gone by the time I hit it. <laughs> yeah, right. Unless I write it down or something, you know, like I have so many things that do that, but the other night I was just sitting there thinking about it and I was like, if things keep going the way they are, okay, maybe we don't have Wednesday night wars, right? The way we had a thing, but man, we're going to get back into weekly wars of a form maybe not wars you know i'm not saying it's going to be promotions going head to head and it's funny because nightwing i'm not sure when and if we're going to hear from him but he said a message he's like i think aew are doing too many drops like because uh max caster named drop vincent uh vincent vkm mahanai dynamite saying retired and he's like they need to stop taking shots they're too new a company they're fucking three years in and going pretty solid. I think it's time that we can take some jabs and shots. I, I think that maybe your very first episode, Jericho, that was the only one that was allowed to. You know, with the We the People chant that we mentioned. You know, that thing sucked. Other than that, in Cody. Not many people talk shit about WWE and they still really don't. Cast her on his raps to get edgy. Other than that, they really don't shit on the WWE product. But I would absolutely be okay getting things going triple h is gonna ride on this next fucking uh what do you call it the bulldozer or whatever the army tank that leads into the next aew dynamite he's gonna be sitting in the front i'm telling you man this is gonna get big or or we just don't bother with a war and we just have a mutual relationship where maybe once in a while you have a crossover event or maybe once in a while you exchange some talent Triple H has said before that we're open for business. Now, who knows? They could really I would like to see that. To be honest with you, what is the very first thing? I'm going to test you. What is the very first thing we said when we started this fucking podcast? Our teaser. What did we say? It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Yep. Because there was a lot of good stuff going on. And then (laughs) downhill, everything (laughs) went. I don't need a war. I do need some just good products on both ends. And you're right. It doesn't have to be the war. I was saying, I and like I said, I wasn't no, meaning cool. like I understand. Yeah, segment. absolutely. That's all about wars. Yeah. I just mean more of like, we're finally going to be able to talk about more than just AEW television because I still don't know the storylines going on in WWE because, yeah, you know. It's, anyway, probably, it's probably a good time to check right. back. It's probably if a good that time. If that crossover happens, it would be. <laughs> 
fucking delay. <laughs> Sorry, man. God damn. The delay is killing us today. All right. By the way, it is absolutely fucking like storming hard up north right now. Is it? So that's that's kind of what I'm in right now. So Oh, fun yeah. stuff. Yeah, I see I see the sun in the back of your neck. I see it shining in. That's nice. All right, man. Um <laughs> another piece of news that I put in here mm. is uh Matt Menard, Daddy Magic from the Jericho Appreciation Society, or as we like to call him, the uh, steroid jacked up Jared Leto. I almost just said Jake Gyllenhaal. Jer- Jared Leto, thank you. If you haven't noticed, he's been on the shelf. He hasn't wrestled since Blood and Guts, which is crazy because he gave that real emotional promo right after, and it was awesome. Um, but in that match, he tore a lot of things, including a torn labrum and a, and a rotator cuff. So he's going to be out a little bit longer. But if you've noticed, he still is coming to television. I I, I got to be honest, man. Dude, is start. He's he's got my attention. His almost jacked up Jared Leto version, but also half Andrew Dice Clay with no swearing. Let me tell you something. The way you do, you know what I mean. It's like. Dice Clay, Sam Kinison, and Jared Leto all had a baby, and that's this dude right here. Pretty much. I saw a promo. I laugh every time. I like the the JAS intro music because he does the voiceover for it. He goes, he's like, the top tier yeah. in sports entertainment. <laughs> Is he from Jersey? I don't know. Timmy does that voice. He does that type of voice. That's why I said the first time I, I heard him talk, I'm like, holy shit, it's Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you did watch Dynamite this past week. Now, I did. I don't know if I messed it up. It says Fight for the Fallen. Was it Fight for the Fallen or this past week was another name? Yeah, I don't even fucking remember. It was something. I stopped, I stopped paying attention because they're all had... Quake at the Lake. That's tonight is Quake by the Lake. I'm laughing at it. But do you know what? Going through with the Monday Night Wars... And I'll get into it a little bit later. But ECW used to do the same thing. They had four to five pay-per-views a, a year. You had your um, November to Remember, Hardcore Heaven, all uh, all those, right? They're barely legal. But then the first couple of heat waves were TV shows. Um, Hostile City Takedown was a TV show that was in Buffalo. So... I think I kind of understand what they're doing. It's your TV with your names. But dear God, space them out. We did not have to have. We went from before. What was fight? We had before Fight for the Fallen. Fighter Fest, night one. Fighter Fest, night two. Fight for the Fallen. I really feel like this past week had a name to it. And now it's Quake by the Lake. It's getting ridiculous. Take a break. All right, anyway, I'll move on. So this past week on Dynamite, I think I need to add a new bumper next year. On AEW, turn, turn, turn. Another wrestler, turn, turn, turn. Yeah, told you. Best one, I'm going to give the, I'm going to, I'm going to give the, uh, the props to Lil John sent me a, a gif of a cat on a record player just turning and turning and turning. He goes, we had another one. No spoiler alerts. I just want you to know. And I go, fuck, of course we did. And I asked, I go, was it Luchasaurus again? Did he go back again? <laughs> yeah. um, He's the new big no, show. It wasn't, but 
he's getting there. You know what's funny is I read an interview. Big Show was like, I kind of like that I'm I'm synonymous with that. Do you? It's <laughs> <laughs> not a good thing. But Adam Cole and Red Dragon were in the rings with the Young Bucks. You have the Undisputed Elite. And Red Dragon and Cole turn on the Bucks, leading to Hangman Adam Page coming out to save the Young Bucks in some butterfly <laughs> jeans. <laughs> Have you watched the movie, hang on, Ladybugs with Rodney Dangerfield? Yeah. <laughs> yes. The only reason the girl could kick the, the ball is because there was little butterflies on it. Come on, chew, 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 chew. He's celebrating or sneezing. As soon as he came out with those bright colors, I go, please tell me that's for his kid. Fucking please tell me those butterflies are like a, Corn- hey, honey, I'm wearing butterflies this week for you. Cornette said. Uh, I don't know what was worse. What's that? I'm not sure it was worse. His butterfly pants. Or the kid that was crying because the young bucks were getting their asses kicked. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna break into weekly cornet reference here territory here. Uh, all about this. Uh, I'd mentioned before that they talked about how the bucks didn't want to fuck with FTR, so they were just gonna form a, a trios with Omega. Looks like it might be Paige, but Cornet said two things. One said wearing his wife's jeans. and the second one was yeah basically that they got shown up in rochester because everybody made it very clear that they would like ftr way better and they weren't going to come out on top of that one so they said you know what let's turn ourselves baby face and we'll win the trios titles which is pretty much and like wonder how uh like perfectly timed that camera shot was just to put over the fact that, oh, Dude, not the books. I'm just saying that rivaled the Miz girl. The angry Miz girl. I remember when Miz won the title <laughs> against Lawler. Or, no, I'm sorry, not Lawler. He defended against Lawler. When he won against Orton, and they showed that girl pissed <laughs> off his shit. That was a good moment. A year ago when CM Punk came back and that guy was crying. Yep. That was pretty good. This one here, this kid looked like they watched Nick Jackson take a bullet to the head. <laughs> it was, it was awesome. I and that's why it's a part of this week's logo. Um, now I have some other things I need to touch base on. First, I really thought it was going to be Kenny Omega as well, and it was perfectly timed because in that moment, someone put up a sign that said, "We want Kenny." Or something like that. And I was like, oh my god, this would be one of the best segments in Dynamite history. If Cole and Red Dragon turn and Omega comes back to save the Bucks. But no, we got Butterfly Hangman. Butterfly no, no, no. Kisses. We're going to call him Butterfly Adam Page from here on out. From here on out. There's no more Hangman. Butterfly Page. Um, if you're going to do this trios tournament, though, make it worthwhile. Please don't just put yeah. together... Uh, Serpentico, Fuego del Sol, and well, Matt Seidel. You know what I mean? Like, give me, give me, like, your teams. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you've got a pretty good start. You got House of Black. You got Death Triangle. You got Red Dragon. You could have the Elite in one form or another. 
There's that right there. I feel like, oh, there's Blackpool Combat Club. That's five. Um, Best Friends. You'd probably pull off three. Okay. You just named a really, really, really good tournament. Do you know what's really funny? Go back to the World Title Eliminator Tournament. We're like, yo, oh, man, this is going to be huge. Who's going to uh, win the tournament? You had, and they put in, like, Orange Cassidy, Brian Danielson, for some odd reason, uh, or Miro's in it, but, like, for another odd reason, it was like, oh, God, remember there was, like, question, 10, Preston Vance was in the fucking tournament. We're like, okay, that's what's going to happen. Is Probably. That you named a good tournament. Realistically, not going to turn out the way you think. Nope. Um, a great promo in the back was Eddie Kingston saying oh. about Sammy Guevara, that's cool, you're off having your <laughs> wedding this weekend. And I asked Tony for the match. He sent it to you. Sign it. Sign it. Sign it. And then the camera stayed on him about seven seconds too long, but either way, it, he didn't break. He still gave a good stare down, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. It's for All Out. And this is the first official match that's actually even been talked about for All Out. My question to you is, what kind of match is it? There's no way that this is about to be a regular match. It'll have some bullshit name. Basically, it'll be a no DQ, falls count anywhere, last man standing match. It's going to be some shit like that. Something that Guevara can jump off something and do, the, and do the whole <laughs> I'm crazy thing. And uh, uh, and they can just you be just violent. maybe not want to watch this pay per view. <laughs> Listen, man, <laughs> I think it's time now's the time more than um, ever to start being very highly critical of AEW because they're not trending in the right direction. They're they're keeping my attention for the most part, but they got to start changing some shit, man. Especially now, the show or booking the, whole, the entire show you're talking about for booking that? just booking in general. Yeah. Um, well, keeping with that topic, that's actually really funny you say that. So Jericho defeated Yuta. Why we need to have the match, nobody knows, because Jericho already had the shot against Moxley. Yeah. But we had a, we had another reason for Yuta to lose, which I didn't need. Uh, so Jericho will be facing Moxley tonight at Quake of the Lake, which is technically Moxley Jericho 2. But this one's different. This one is for the AEW paper title. That different is correct. Different story. Um, Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker defeated Team Thunderstorm. Bro, that was... This part, I am not sure... That tag team match was fantastic. The women's. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was really good. You haven't watched many women's matches, have you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have. That's why I recognize this one being good. They they made reference to say that it was real. Was Darby really, really tattooing on his hand? Coffin drops on Bro- Brody King. I don't know, but I, I would say no easily, but... Darby is one of those craziest motherfuckers. You know, he's just one of those people that you wouldn't put it past him, right? So, I I don't know, man. I'm sure he'll come out. It's part of his career. In, in, but Brody King mentioned in a promo, yeah, 
Darby, you're the reason. You are the reason I was here. You did go to the management to vouch for me. And I'm like, it could be like it was they're good friends or it was a lifelong thing, whatever. And to tattoo it, it's like, well, it's part of my career. So, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And it's if it's real, I'm just saying, God damn, that is one of the coolest things. I, I thought that was really it took me by surprise. I was like. Oh yeah, that's that's fake. And then Taz goes, he really was just tattooing his hand. I'm like, if he comes out this week and that's still on his hand, and it remains there after this, that's pretty cool. Did you uh, hold on? Hold on before we move on to the main event. You mentioned Taz. Did you hear what Taz said shortly after that about his entire crew? No, no. So they're talking about that promo from Darby. Uh, Jim Ross's music plays because they brought him out for the main event. Right, he wasn't on commentary the whole show. He just came out for the main event. Taz I goes fast forward a bit on that. Yep. So I guess yeah. whatever this is. Yeah. Taz. Taz goes. You know, because he was just talking about Darby being crazy. He goes. Speaking of crazy, here's Jr. <laughs> Good for you, Taz. I did. I did hear the promo that he cut though, uh, about. Team Taz is disbanded completely. Anticlimactic, to say the least. Well, I'm like, well, no shit. Everybody turned (laughs) on each other. That was, I just remembered, that is what Jim Cornette was talking about. I don't, with the hook and Ricky Stark segment, him losing title. Who's heel? Who's a face? I don't know why we're fighting. I don't know why the championship title is happening. And I'm like, I saw, and I could hear it, but I'm like, I also, I understand it. Um, How. One of the ass boys did not lose an ankle in the dumpster match is beyond me because how that dumpster flipped off the top. I get it. You were trying to do homage to the time that New Age Outlaws did it to Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. We'll actually be covering it very soon. Yeah. However, you know, the difference is, is that that shit was really tightly done. The, the, The lids were closed okay and... But there was a moment where one of the ass boys lifted the, the lid up before he was fully zip-tied. I'm not sure if that was a demise or not, but that entire part, and when I saw how it flipped over, and you saw his foot, I was like, are you shitting me? And I read yeah. the next day, both of them are said to be very fine. And I was like, wow. My favorite part of that match, besides the rap, obviously, was... They came out, they attacked Billy Gunn, and one of the gun boys comes running up, and who is it? Not Caster, but uh, uh, Anthony Bowens has the garbage can, and as the ass boy's running at him, he just goes, eat shit, and he throws the garbage can right at his head. Did you hear him scream, oh, eat shit? It was fucking great. You know what I loved? Right after that, Bowens goes and puts his body right to the crowd, Puts his fingers up <laughs> as a scissor. A fan scissor. And another fan starts scissoring him, dead on. And I was like, oh, my God, these guys are over Dude, his foot. why aren't they in the tag title A year title ago, picture. I wouldn't have thought so, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, but they end up winning in the dumpster match. I, and as I already mentioned, you know, they mentioned Vincent Kennedy McMahon in their own uh, – rap. I did like how they, they beat the fuck out of Billy Gunn first. He came out the ramp, beat him up, throw him into a dumpster, put him in, done. Psh, move on. Now they go back to the match. I was like, this is going to be pretty much of a squash. And it was for the most part. Rampage. Mance Warner 
had a match against John Moxley. Guess what? There was blood. It's almost too predictable now with Moxley. It's a joke. Mm-hmm. But Moxley won, which was an Eliminator title match. Swirly defeated Tony Nese and Josh Woods, retaining the tag titles. Madison Rain made her debut. And you guys remember her from TNA Impact, which mm-hmm. I love. And Konosuke Takashita, Takashita, defeated Dolph Ziggler's brother, Ryan Nemeth. But were you really excited about Battle of the Belts 3? No. Shouldn't have been. No, no. one else needed to be. All three titles retained, and it was exactly what you thought they were going to be. Wardlow defeated Jay Lethal, but then he had a post-match table spot where he was thrown through the table by Lethal, Sing Kali, and Sanjay Dutt. Thunder Rosa retained her title versus Jamie Hayter, who apparently, I think, got hurt during the match. Yeah. And Claudio Casagnoli retained the Ring of Honor title against Takashita. Um... Really good match. I feel like it was just not as good as I thought it was going to be. I think I had way higher hopes for that match. And it was decent, but it wasn't great. Yeah. Could have been really, really good for those guys, but that's all right. Tonight, Dynamite. It's Quake at the Lake. Everything's at stake. We may even see Earthquake carrying a big lawn rake. Oh, for Jesus' sake. All right, tonight, titles on the line. You got Jericho and Moxley. Oh, boo yourself. FTR is going to be returning tonight. I would assume this is going to be setting up All Out. We're really just under a month away from All Out. I can see them challenging Swirly. I would not mind Acclaimed popping their faces in and making it the 19th triple threat tag team title match of the year. I mean, might as well keep that trend going. Uh, The TBS title. As I just mentioned about Madison Rain debuting, she is now facing Jade Cargill for the TBS title. Huge fan of Cargill. I think she'll retain. Tornado Tag Team Match. The Lucha Brothers will take on Roosh and Andrade Idolo. Idolo. Tornado tag. Why don't we just call those matches that from from now on? If that, if no one's gonna tag, that's fair. Why don't I like you, Why it. don't you that's just call a great it a concept? Why don't you just call it a luchador match? Because that's what it is. Even better, we're watching Nitro. All the fighters with yeah. Tanay, and he blatantly calls out during those six man luchador tag matches that yeah, the ref doesn't call anything because these are the rules in Mexico, so it's that style of match. Why don't you just say our tag division is that? Just make that qualifier. So then we don't have to call it a, tor- a tornado tag because it's just a normal tag. Ugh, ugh. But at least it's all, you know, AAA guys. You could do it the way Vince did. What a great bunch of luchadors. Yeah, well. So, uh, and also the main event, I would, well, maybe it's not the main event because Moxley and Jericho's on there, so... Uh, also, you're going to have the coffin match tonight, Darby Allen and Brody King. Now, I do want to let you know, I've added something to our predictions list, if you did not know. I did. If you scroll on down, ODM did predict that Andrade and Roosh would team up in AEW. That was earlier this season. He said, if I'm 
booking, put those two together, have your, it's pushing your tag division, and it's a stable that people already know of. Man, excellent job. We're just on fire this season. What, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We've predicted ten things. Why are we not just booking for one of these programs? <laughs> Might as well. Because we're too busy bringing shit to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! Alright, well, this is what I'm going to bring to the table this week. If you think you got better segues, start segueing. What do you got? <laughs> I wanted to put the boo in there. I was like, no, I'll let him go. Is that really your bring it to the table? Well, it has to be now. I watched your fucking silent eye roll as our music was playing. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, didn't have much to bring to the table, but apparently that was it. Oh, okay. Well, unscripted, uncensored. Uh, That's what this pro- this podcast brings to you. <laughs> just madness. The the laborings of two marks. Speaking of marks, I'm not just a mark for wrestling. I'm a mark for video games. Speak for myself. Oh, I can't wait to talk to you about the wars later. We'll get to it, though. See, I'm, I'm already jumping ahead. Yeah, and I apologize to everybody who just had to hear me punch the mic. I was trying to swat a fly, <laughs> and I just absolutely karate chopped the, this mic. Sorry, everybody. I don't know, man. Bring it to the table right through the wars. It just That's where everything turns into a shit show. All right. Uh, I'll get through this quick. Uh there, I don't know if you saw. It really is. I, I, <laughs> we keep our composure during news. We're like, all right, we're keeping our professionalism to here. Bring it to the table. Fucking all, it's, all the gloves are off. It's Let's a go. free for all. Um, there was a commercial I saw the other day. It was Britt Baker and Tony Schiavone uh, showing some screenshots from AEW Fight Forever. Uh, it looks like on August 12th, which would be two days from now. They are going to be releasing some more in-depth footage and some more news. Uh, it sounds like it's going to have GM mode, career mode, all that shit. You know, all the creative shit. Um, and I saw some screenshots. Uh, the graphics definitely looked a lot better. Uh, it was pretty cool because they had, it was the screenshots they were using. It was Britt Baker versus Adam Cole. So it was pretty, and it was to scale too. Uh, so uh, it definitely looks a lot more arcade style. So than, she was bigger. Than yeah, you. obviously. <laughs> it was a lot more arcade style than like the 2K games. Um, but, you know, it still, it, it looked decent. Uh, I definitely want to see some more. Uh, Everybody looks like they have fucking twenty pack abs. It looks a little too exaggerated. Well, that's why it's more. That's why I say. That's what I say. When, all when the I screenshots say, I saw. Yeah, when I see it, when I say arcade style, that's what I'm not. I'm not just talking about like the way that the game plays, but yeah, definitely like your NBA jams thing, right? You know, they're never really true to life. So, uh, but the only thing that's going to suck is well, okay, so that's not bad because you know what, a very popular. Sega Genesis game was Royal Rumble, and that was straight arcade style. Mm. Same kind of th- concept. Right. Um, they ha- and there's a lot of games that have been like that, so I, I, I get it. I do. But maybe it's because I'm coming from the era of seeing every wrestler looking so crystal clear to l- real life as possible. I'm like, you didn't need to exaggerate and make everybody look like huge monster all-stars. Just <laughs> regular would have been fine. But I'm really, I'm just happy that they are producing a game. Um, right. Now I just need to get a PS5 because I don't think they're going to release it on PS2. Or, P- or, or PC maybe, <laughs> but uh, it sounds like uh, Keith Lee, Swerve Strickland, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews 
might be off the roster just because based on when they join. So definitely going to be missing some people. And again, depending on their functionalities, they have a community section like 2K does. Uh, people that are you know better at this than other people will be able to just go and create those wrestlers and you'll be able to download them for free. So uh, we'll see. Like I said, uh, August 12th is when they're supposed to release more info on it. So I'm going to be keeping my eyes peeled because I'm excited. Cody Rose is said to be in the game too, which I find to be... I think that's cool. Cool. Yeah, you know it should I mean? be. Like he was one of the original EVPs. It's not WWE where they're like, oh, you're not with us. We're taking you off. Right. Oh, man, you got us here, and you were part of the game. We're going to keep you in it. Good. I, I appreciate that. Well, as much as you want to pat yourself on the back for finally doing your job and watching AEW this past week, I'm going to pat myself on the back. Oh, wow, you did the Barry Howitz. I like it. <laughs> While flipping me off. That was really cool. Uh, this week... I'm going to pat myself on the back because I went above and beyond for the Monday Night Wars. Because this week, it's not just WWE. Eh, F. It's not just WCW. I'm going to be chatting a little bit of ECW. Let's go to the Monday Night Wars. Wow, that was horrible. (laughs) Can I take two? No? (laughs) Just use the bumper. Monday Night Wars. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Are we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! A knee right to the face of Shawn Michaels and the handsome and controversial look, youngster look. from San Antonio. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And if you will sign this, you will have an opportunity one-on-one to meet a member of the NWO one-on-one UN6. Six. 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 Yes. Six. Sting, it has been several, several months since you've done anything in the ring. And obviously you want to go after our top guy. <laughs> Six. Don't spoil I have the contract already, for you. Man. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Really, dude? Like I laughed so hard because the fans were building up. The fans were building up. Six. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Obviously, I get what you're doing. Next week will probably be Hall, then Nash, and we'll get our way there. But are you <laughs> shitting me? The crowd was there. You should have fucking pivoted on the fly and been like, do you want Hogan at some point? Like, we'll give it to him in Starcade. But it was just... God damn. <clears throat> All right, man. Look at, I, as I said, you know, I did do a little uh, extra digging into the wars. And I'm not saying next season I may add a little bit of a pivot with ECW. But, man, when you really think about some of the guys that you see in the, the Monday Night Wars, ECW guys play a major part. We're already seeing Raven now play his part on WCW coming over from there. Steve Austin was over there for a quick cup of coffee, but still same thing. Uh, Cactus Jack right before that. Now doing his mankind dude love thing. So I'm just saying I did a little diving in because of a hint that we got and we're going to get into that. So I'm just saying there's a lot of great ECW stuff that we may possibly be overlooking. And they were the silent part of the wars. They were silent, but deadly. 
Like a good old fart. All right, man, what happened on Monday Night Wars? <laughs> All right, we'll start with Road Wild, Sturgis, South Dakota. Lots of biker chicks. Not hog. Not hog. Yeah. Uh, wonder if Jeff is there. I was looking for Jeff. Every time I saw a biker chick, I was like, there's a grotesque-looking woman. Where's Jeff? <laughs> we open up with Buffin Stuff versus Harlem Heat. Uh, Ring is sketchy just like the last time where it's in a dirt lot and it's elevated. So you have the ring, you have the floor, quote marks, and then the ground. And so it's tiered. It just was sketchy as fuck. And 10,000 assholes revving their their bikes any time they wanted to during a match. I, I stopped taking notes on that. I would notate every time it happened, and I'm like, no, I'm done doing this. It's going to be half my notes. One, two, <laughs> like every count, like every time there was like a, a big moment, they would do it. Yeah, pretty much. It, it was a cool idea to like, you know, because sometimes they were on when they weren't on is when it was annoying. Like when you know, like this is when the crowd's supposed to cheer. Like that's the whole point. The whole buildup of the match is to get you to cheer here. When it worked like that, it was great. But that was few and far between. Yeah. Uh, yeah, basically, Miss Jack. Let's also remember. 90% of this crowd, if not more, are not even WCW fans. Oh, or wrestling fans. They're just there because Sturgis is going on, and a wrestling event just happens to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Miss Jacqueline comes out at some point, and uh, Vincent is screaming to the ref, wanting her out of there. Heenan goes, he should be worried. She can take him out. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, true. No- Norton hits a, a shoulder breaker at one point. Jacqueline jumps on his back. Uh, Booker hits a sweet spin kick. She holds the foot. Harlem Heat win. And it looks like they got a new manager. So there you go. I like it. I don't know when or how Sherry got phased out, but okay. You don't remember that? Did her contract is like end? Yeah. Well, they had no, that argument. No, but I mean, like, I, I don't mean, I meant like in this time. Like, did, is she just done with WCW completely now? I think so, and if I'm not mistaken, I don't think she lasts much longer, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Oh, no, no, no. She lasted till 2007. She died, oh, like, really? legitimately a couple of days, if not a couple more, before uh, Benoit. Oh, no shit. Okay. And Benoit's entire thing completely overshadowed her. Because uh, you know what else overshadowed her? Vince McMahon's death in the limousine. <laughs> a lot of weird shit during that time, but yeah. yeah those uh, were crazy times. No, she lasted longer. I just didn't know, but I guess maybe she's done. I don't know if she'll show up anywhere else. All right, next we get uh, DiBiase and the Steiners with the IT guy for the website. And next we get K-Dog versus Mysterio in oh, a Mexican grudge match. No DQ must be a winner. Okay. Um, if I were either K-Dog or Mysterio... I wouldn't feel too comfortable in that crowd. Just saying. Uh, Jesus Christ. La Rasa. <laughs> La Rasa. <laughs> yeah. Wrong La Rasa. <laughs> you in South Dakota, boy. <laughs> I got to say this. Every time I see the name K-Dog, I laugh because listening to Bruce Pritchard's podcast, he said that, Hall, Nash, and Hogan when he when they all got to WWF in two thousand two, they were like, Yeah, you know, you should probably call Conan at some point. 
and he left a voicemail on Pritchard's voicemail, or left a message on his voicemail and was like, hey, yo, 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 it's K-Dog. Give me a call back. He goes, who the fuck is K-Dog? And they were like, you should get a call to Conan, man. Conan's a good guy, but they never said talk to K-Dog. <laughs> and he's like, who the fuck is K-Dog? That's really weird. So every t- now, so as soon as I saw the other night, he said, Conan, K-Dog. I was like, <laughs> and that's the reason he never worked in WWE. Well, he did. Uh, was he Mantar or... He wasn't El Matador. No, he was something in in WWE. For like a, Max Moon. He was fucking Max Moon. Oh no shit. All right. Yep. Yeah, uh, Conan just works the knee a bunch. That's basically the story of this one. Uh, Ray eventually submits. Mm-hmm. They they tease it for a while. Trainers come out with a leg a leg splint. Not yeah, a leg splint and uh, patch him up. Conan sits in the corner and watches maniacally. All right, Mean Gene. Next, he shows he shows off his dope rose and dagger tattoo. That's <laughs> all I can think of every time we're watching this man. It's great though because Dusty looks right at home. Dusty's like, "Oh wait, like Dusty, you had a really nice outfit for the night. Outfit, these are my clothes, baby." <laughs> <laughs> he is dressed head to toe denim dance style i do like yeah, it but they're all cut right. off right oh naturally naturally uh next we have benoit mongo versus jarrett malenko but okay. let's not forget not. we have some really really sick hats and i can't wait to get to it <laughs> uh <clears throat> this match is survivor series style where it's an elimination match uh mongo super over with this crowd not surprised Uh, the camera shows Deborah. She's mouthing something. Dusty goes, you know, she forgot what got her here. And Heenan goes, yeah, but she'll find a ride home. <laughs> Excellent. You know, I'm not sure if I've ever really asked this to you before, but have I ever told you that to me, Mongo looks like meatloaf? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Not anymore, but... Not the same. Well, actually, the maybe. I'm just kidding. Yeah. All right. That was going somewhere bad. <laughs> so, this. But I won't do that. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett pulled one of the biggest heel moves I've ever seen in this match. I uh, don't know if I've ever seen it again. So, it's a tag team elimination match, right? So, you know, somebody gets eliminated, it's two on one, and then it goes from there. Jarrett's in the ring with Mongo, takes a bump, and pulls Mongo on top of him, forcing him to make the pin so Jarrett could powder and just leave Malenko on his own. <laughs> I'd never seen that before. I mean, either. Ever. Yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, Mongo ends up hitting a tombstone for the wind. Yay. Yay. Next, we get the same thing that we got from Hogwild last year, which was a video montage of some of the wrestlers on motorcycles. A lot of them not wearing shirts or helmets. Probably a good idea. Um, yeah. Next, we get Jericho versus Alex Wright for the Cruiser. Private improvement. Cru- <laughs> Jericho versus Alex Wright for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, we get a report on Ray injury, Ray's injury from Tanay. Left knee has been injured. It's at least a severe sprain. 
Thank you for that fucking wonderful update. A lot, a lot of information. You've been very helpful. At least a severe <laughs> sprain. Isn't that like minimum of fucking anything? <laughs> right. There is a sign in the crowd that says, Alex Wright is the man, and Shivani goes, who has that sign? <laughs> Which is exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> My favorite spot of this match. I'm just over here doing Alex Wright's dance. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's funny because Jericho crotches right at one point, and, and Dusty asks Tanae, Mike Tanae, what would you call that in your arsenal of moves and holds? <laughs> and the best part was Tanae responds by literally calling every move in the sequence that led to that spot. And Dusty goes, "You took the word. You took the words right out of my mouth, baby." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Dusty. Right wins with a roll up. Retains. Next, we got a really short match. Six versus Flair. Uh, Clifford Lynn, the mayor of Sturgis, is in attendance. Heenan says, you know, no matter what you want to say about Ric Flair, you can't say anything about the fact that he's won the world champion 13 times. And Heenan predicts no one will ever top that. Vince responds, hold my paralegal. Anyway, six goes for a second. Bronco Buster, Flair nut shots him, rolls him up, feet on the ropes, Flair wins. Awesome spot. As soon as he went running to go do the Bronco Buster, I didn't think that's exactly how the match would end. Just puts his foot up, kicking the dick, down. Is that where he tore his asshole? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he said he did it one time on a Bronco Buster. That, oh, yeah, I don't know. That'd be would. the one. That, that would be the one. Ripped him from asshole appetite. That one. Next, we get Kurt Hennig versus DDP. Um, DDP at one point pulls down Hennig's singlet all the way to the boxers. Uh, it was really cool. Hennig uh, hit natural selection, or at least what Charlotte calls natural selection. I don't think I've seen another wrestler do that, especially this early. Uh, looked good, though. We get a ref bump. Hennig takes the buckle cover off. That was always his move. That's always been a uh, Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect move. Has it? I just He's don't remember that. Yeah. That. They just call a quick him a snap bear, yeah. where he would, you know, flip right over the top and do it. Yeah, Charlotte's the only person to do it since, and I, I, I've I, always thought about perfect every hmm. time she does it. I love that move. Nice. Yeah, it does look nice. Uh, Yeah, man. Uh, Basically, uh, DD, uh, DDP gets thrown into the, uh, what do you call it, the exposed buckle. Uh, DDP gets busted open. It was really cool because Hennig plays possum. He goes to the other corner while the ref is getting up from the ref bump. Uh, we get a kick out of the perfect plex or whatever they're calling it these days. Get, get a kick out at two. Uh, goes to the well again for that buckle shot, but DDP blocks it, throws Hennig into it. We get a second ref bump. Flair comes to the ring, goes to attack DDP, hits a cutter on Flair, um, and Hennig just hits another plex, and it's a three count this time. Screwy finish. Uh, convoluted. Didn't make a lot of sense. <clears throat> yep so next we get gene hawk in the hotline again breaking news on stevie richards and raven and who raven's first opponent will be they tease fall brawl and the war games get an ad for war games with high voltage for some reason 
They've been winning matches. And... Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you for fucking bringing this up. I swear, if you didn't bring it up, I would not have remembered. But when watching this, I go, how in the hell do you promote a pay-per-view with like 40 people in the ring and those 40 likely aren't even going to be on the show? It was odd. I, I hated the commercial. I was like, why is High Voltage talking to me right now to promote the next pay-per-view? Thank you for bringing it up. I'm so glad. God damn, it bothered me. <laughs> I know, right? It was fucking terrible. Uh, next, we get Giant versus Macho. Macho's on the outside of the ring till the Giant gets distracted. Tries to slam him, but the weight's too much. Giant just lands on top of him. Doesn't take the three count, though. Uh, we get the same Liz spot that we got from the other week where Liz is used as cover. Giant picks her up and moves her. Uh, Macho tries to use that against him, but Giant just press slams him over the top rope back into the ring. Uh... Macho goes for a knee, three lariats, he won't go down, hits a crossbody for two count, goes for another top rope move, gets caught in a choke slam. Giant gets the win. Not much to speak of here. But clean. <clears throat> clean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I guess you can't have a fucking running DQ every I time. I mean, for an NWO win, right. Savage's shoulders to the mat, Giant pinned him clean. Yeah. You know, I got to be honest. As soon as Giant came over to WWE again, I was a WWE F fan, but also would I would dabble each week on Nitro. I just wasn't as hardcore to remember as much of the stuff. I was like, man, when he came over, he must have been really being mistreated. All the way up till now, he's had a pretty bad ass career. Yeah, in, absolutely. On Nitro. Yeah. Um. It almost just makes me wonder if his contract was just up and he just found, you know, the home in WWE. But to me, I never really paid attention to him that much. I knew a lot of his accolades, being a champion, things like that, some of the feuds. But watching him each week, you and I watched him as the champion for several months. And now just pinning Savage cleanly on pay-per-view, to me, I was like, guy's not having a bad career over here in WCW to begin with. So I just... I. I I'm curious to see if 98 he gets completely shit on because February 99 he debuts for uh, WWF at the St. Patrick- Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be surprising. I mean, if you think about that time in WCW, that's when things were really going to shit. So uh, that definitely probably has something to do with it. Wait, never mind. I forgot Goldberg is showing up soon. So. There's that too. <laughs> never yeah. mind. He's not yeah, going to be a real giant not, anymore. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I believe his Nitro debut is next month or a couple months, November or September. I think it's November. Yes, and we're taking a break. Yeah, <laughs> right. We're still going to have to talk about it. Next, we get a tag titles match, Outsiders versus the Einsteiners. Uh, Steiners ride their motorcycles to the ring. Uh, Hall does the suck it gesture to Rick twice. I love that we're seeing it a lot more lately, but we're actually seeing it more on WCW TV. I think that's fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, so we get an avalanche bulldog. It's a two count because Nash pulls Nick Patrick out of the ring. Patrick calls for the bell. Uh, DiBiase brings the titles to the Steiners, but Patrick takes them away. It was a DQ, and DiBiase runs down Patrick. Basically, the thought being here was that why did you do that? It's a title match. Just let it continue. But we will get into that on Nitro. Can I ask you a question? Ted, yeah. how many years have you been in this fucking sport? 
How many title matches have you ever seen where the titles change hands on that exact instance? Come on, dude. It bothered me that he was even fighting it. I hate that. When people are like, what? I can't win it out of count out? God damn, when did that start? I hate when that happens. It's so, it, when they do that, it's the, oh, it, this was it. It bothered me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a non-finish to me, right? Main event, Hogan versus Luger for the world title. Let's be honest. The only thing I care about with this match is the finish and the aftermath, and that's just for the purpose of this discussion. NWO runs in. Luger takes him out one by one. And then we get Sting, or is it Stang, at ringside. Hits Luger in the back. Hogan regains the title, and Stang just leaves. Hogan and crew. I'm sorry. Did you? Did you just say? All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Give me the aftermath, Hogan and crew. I can't believe you said what you just said, but go ahead. About Stang? Nope, just go ahead. Okay. Hogan and his crew have the eyes on the front row. They're shielding themselves from trash. I don't know if because it was at a biker rally that they had a bit of a rowdy crowd that wasn't too happy with them because the way they powdered out of there looked kind of chicken shit. Hennig and the Steiners come to check on Luger. NWO celebrates backstage with Rodman. They gave uh, Rodman the spray paint can to tag the title, which he did outside the lines grossly, uh, all while Voodoo Child is playing in the background. That's the end of the pay-per-view. what I say? How do you say, and, you know, the best part of this match is just blah, 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 blah. I don't even know what the fuck you said. How in the hell do you not mention that Michael Buffer is wearing oh, Jesus a Harley Davidson <laughs> leather cap backwards. Because <laughs> you Are sent you me the picture it? before How I watched it, that? so I put it out of my head when I saw it. I'm like, oh, yeah, and I didn't write it down. <laughs> I was like, yo, just a heads up. I don't know where you're at in the wars. This. <laughs> this. That's all you need to know, man. Michael Buffer's wearing this. Fuck. God, that was awesome. It was a great moment to see. I just kept laughing. Like, Hogan was coming out. I was still laughing at it. <laughs> Luger came out, and I could hear Buffer talking, and all I could imagine was seeing him wearing that hat the whole time. All right, man, what happened on uh, Nitro? I guess let's go into Nitro before Raw. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll go into Nitro. Giants backstage with Doug Dillinger and the cops. He's handed a piece of paper. He crumples it up and walks off. More on that later. Six and the Outsiders open it up. We actually see a fan in the crowd doing the suck it gesture now. All right. Hall basically cuts a promo saying the same thing that we would say about the Fantasy League. The more things change, the more they stay, stay the same. One of the things I liked about it is something occurred to me the other day, and I think right now we're about to begin it. Do you remember his weekly surveys? I think we're about to get them, where he's like, how many people are here to see WCW? And how many people are here to see the NWO? Oh, they did gotcha. it this week. They go, yep. Because we all know that you guys are here to see the, and the crowd did it. And then they did the two sweet. I think they're starting to prep the crowd. I really think at this exact moment, they're prepping them in the next week or two right here. 
You're giving them the lines, right? You say those things weekly. Oh my God, next week, we could be the ones screaming NWO. They're going to prep them. And I'm promising you, within the next two to three weeks, you're going to get the surveys. There you go. Well, it's interesting timing, considering what's about to kick off on the other side of the show, but we'll get there. A survey? Survey. Not a survey. No, no. Uh, I like Hall says, uh, people say the Steiners are the best tag team. If so, why aren't you champs? <laughs> Great heel promo. Great heel line. Uh, Steiner Brothers music hits and two jobbers come out. It's Dave and Moore. Yo, they looked like the absolute uh, original 10 in a create a character mode. Do you want a, a guy with brown haired mullet and a mustache or just a guy with blonde hair, still a mullet. It was just, it was hysterical. But the fact that they played the Steiner, uh, Steiner music and then they came out, you know, there's going to be a time coming up very soon where Michaels is going to start to do that as DX. The more I'm watching this shit, he is just stealing shit from the, the outsiders. Suck It was from them. You know, a, a lot of the shit that they are doing, Michael starts stealing. It's just, you know, I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe Hall and Nash should get a little more credit for Vince's uh, success. Well, it's funny because, I mean, when you th- stop and think about it, because, I mean, I don't think a lot of people think about it this way because, you know, Shawn Michaels was such a big star. But when the click formed, Hall and Nash were the senior members. Shawn Michaels wasn't. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, it's real easy for him to be like, oh, you know, putting this stuff over. But, you know, damn well, he got it. That is stuff that they were doing when they were still all together. They're just using it now on TV. And Sean probably saw that Hall was doing a lot of it. So he's like, fuck it, I'm going to start doing a lot of it. That's just my two cents on that. But anyway. Uh, Did you recently get your ear pierced? Uh, I mean, I, we didn't need to bring it up on the air. But, I mean, I think I got something going on behind my ear here. So I was just wiping it down. We, we good with that or can we move on? <laughs> This week, I was like, "It looked this week on what's behind ODM's ear." Well, it's, you're the doc. I figured you could tell me what's going on, but the way you were holding, I was like, "Are you trying to hide that you got a brand new piercing in your ear and you don't want to show me?" Yeah, behind my ear, behind my ear. Yeah, right next to the subcutaneous cyst. That's pretty fucking goth. <laughs> Commentary calls. All right. Commentary. I wish I could remember what part this is <laughs> yeah. at and snip this out, but I'm not going to. So okay. we'll, we'll keep you updated Com- next week about his ear. Let's move on. Yeah, pl- <laughs> please do. Please do. Commentary calls out that, oh, we looked back at the tape from the main event last night, and it, it wasn't actually Sting. It was Stang. No shit, guys. Uh, it's a squash. Nash says Nash and Hall both say, Brings, bring out somebody else now. Bring somebody else out. Steiners come through the crowd and clean house. Steiners and DiBiase in the ring with the titles. Next, we get a follow-up to last week's match of Barbarian and Wrath. Now it's Meng and Wrath. Uh, but Meng avenges the loss from last week, gets on the tongue and death, death grip and gets the three count. Mortis runs in, but Barbarian does shortly after. Um, and, yeah, there you go. <clears throat> we get uh, Gene on the ramp with the Steiners and DiBiase. Uh, they still let both Rick and Scott talk, even though DiBiase's there. Don't know why. DiBiase calls out Nick Patrick and goes, I left NWO. You were kicked out. 
Patrick says, I let the match go for as long as I could. They kept trying to get DQ'd, let it go. They put their hands on me. I called it. Uh, and then Nick Patrick calls out Randy Anderson for not DQing Hogan for Stang's interference. A lot of finger pointing going on here. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Uh, next we get Eddie Guerrero versus Jericho. Hey, some matches you just watch. Jericho does uh, Claudio's swing. Nowhere near as long. Uh, Guerrero wins with a frog splash. It's about three quarters across the ring. Lands right on Jericho's heed. Good match. Too short. Right on his head, though. Yeah. Yeah. It was grimy. <laughs> Alex Wright dancing with the Nitro Girls again. They all walk off on him. Gene joins Wright. He starts speaking in German. She says, speak English. And goes, I told you, I talked to the people that matter to me first, a.k.a. the Germans. Uh, he says, look at all the losers out there. This is the time on Sprockets when we dance. Sprockets, they dance. Okay, never mind. Next, we get Dean Malenko versus Jeff Jarrett. A little revenge match here. Jarrett powders to the back, but Mongo's on the ramp, forcing him back to the ring. And then they go right to a break, because that, that makes sense. Malenko locks in the cloverleaf. Guerrero breaks it up. It's a DQ. Jarrett and Guerrero double-team him, but Mongo makes the save. Mongo and Malenko do the thing where they're backing up to each other unknowingly, and once they bump into each other, they turn around and hold up their fists. Uh, and uh, Mongo extends his hand, and Malenko goes, fuck you, and just beats the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> It was awesome. Malik was like, nah, fuck you, man. We, we've had enough of this shit. I'm not shaking your hand after this one. It was bad, though, because Mongo took a minute to connect his body with Malenko. And, and, like, that old, you know, like you're saying, the back-to-back. And, oh, we bump into each other. I almost punched you. Mongo was doing, like, the, like I'm about to fall off some stairs. He couldn't find Malenko. <laughs> yeah. Where, Where is he? He's leaning back a lot. Yeah, and then it ends with uh, Malenko giving Mongo a, a lariat. Malenko giving Mongo a lariat over the top, but Mongo couldn't take it, or Malenko didn't do it right. I'm going to go with Mongo didn't take it right. And it was just botchy, botch, 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 and he just goes through the ropes to the floor. All right, we get round four of our installments of Flair trying to tell everybody that Hennig is now a horseman. Flair does say that he mentions he saw Hennig talking to Bischoff. Well, I got business with Bischoff, so what? Mongo and Benoit come out to back up Flair. Not saying he is or isn't a horseman. Uh, he's just saying, you know, I'm I got, I'm in the main event tonight against the Macho Man. Uh, asks if Henning will be his partner uh, at Clash against Conan and Six. He says, absolutely, I will be in your corner. I will tag with you. But doesn't mean I'm calling myself a horseman. So really building the suspense. I hope it'll last. <clears throat> I just want to throw uh, a little something out there. Maybe guys... We'll understand this. Maybe you won't. But right now, as I said, this is our go-home show. So we have... This is our almost last Raw and Nitro. We got one more next week. No pay-per-views. Just Raw and Nitro. Something we're going to miss and we're going to be talking about that's very, very popular is this entire... Kurt Henning horseman twist if you will I'll just say the words my spot and the things to come of it so please go on we'll have a lot we'll have to recap at the end but you know I in the beginning of season 5 but 
Uh, hey, your brother's got to take a break every now and then. Go ahead. All right. Bischoff out on his motorcycle with Norton. Norton's supposed to face the Giant tonight. Uh, Hall, Six, and Bagwell and Vincent come out. Hogan's in a Montreal shooting a film, and they sing happy birthday to him. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> a, thank you. B, what movie was he filming at this time? I'm just curious. Yeah. All right, let's go on. <laughs> we probably don't want to know. I did see a sign in the crowd, though, that said, Hogan fears China. He ain't lying. Hey, he ain't lying. So the pay we find she out. Cut the, a bitch. We pay. <laughs> he would too. Uh, then lie about it too. The paper that was given to Giant at the beginning of the show was a restraining order. Can't come within fifty feet of Bischoff. So Bagwell counts fifty feet from the ring and sprays a line on the ground. Giant comes out. Zabisco tries to stop him. Dylan comes out to try to stop him. And you know the Giant steps over the line. He's a habitual line stepper. He's <laughs> <laughs> crossed the line. He's a line stepper. He's an habitual line. Yeah, I fucking love that. <laughs> Excellent reference. Cops come out to stop him. Shivani's talking about this line like it's part of fucking common law wealth and has magical properties. Like the instance that you cross, that you're, you know, everything goes to shit. It's just a line that got spray painted on the ground, bro. Cops try to cuff him. The cuffs aren't big enough. Giant says, fine, I'll go to jail. I'm going to jail. Uh, Hall creeps up on Zabisco, flicks the toothpick at him. They throw the T-shirt back and forth a couple times. Still teasing that. All I right. did like that right before uh, Giant goes off to go to jail, he turns around one more time and goes, yeah, screams. Yeah, does, and yeah. the, I don't know if the security was not supposed to know about that or if they all did a great acting job, but when he turned and did that, they all backed away. I was like, <laughs> good job, security. Uh, you look like you couldn't keep control of them. Yeah, it looked like he just But the Hall and Zabisco feud is continuing. That yep. little creep up coming up behind Zabisco just to fuck with him a bit. I'm liking it, man. I, I I I remember when things all come together with them, but I forgot totally all the build up and this is awesome. Right. Yeah, it's great to see. Uh I don't I don't have a lot of notes for this. It must have just been that much of a shit show. Benoit Mongo versus the Steiners. Uh Rick gets the pin on an overhead belly to belly and fucking Mongo landed right on his heed. So, there you go. Next we get Mean Gene in the uh, ring. Just what I had. What's that? It's just pretty much all I had. Okay, to. yeah. Not much to say there. Next, Mean Gene's in the ring with Denim Dan. I mean Lex Luger. Um, says Sturgis was a short disappointment. Luger stumbles over saying WCW. What night? What show is this? I don't know. When are we on? says it was nice to see heels and faces come together to celebrate Luger's win on Nitro. It's a building point for WCW. Gene brings up the questionable officiating. Luger talked to Randy Anderson. We're cool. I got a message for the birthday boy, though. Takes off his shirt. I racked him three times and took his title. I'm coming back from him. As they, uh, as Luger leaves the ring, we see the crowd and all the thirsty ladies out there. <laughs> hey. You know how to market your your product, I guess, you know? I'm actually just still laughing at the, 
What's the name of the show? I don't even know. <laughs> oh, man. Because I was still stuck on him trying to take the shirt off. He goes, can't you get some shirts <laughs> that are like regular shirts or whatever? Uh, next we get Buff versus DD. Just don't play that at his Be- funeral. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> Buff, buff versus Speaking of, hang on. If we're going to talk about one funeral to the other, did you see the most recent picture of half of Buff and stuff? Yes, I did. Do you did. see what Buff he, looks he, like recently? He looks good. He looks good. He, he looks like he got like reconstructive surgery on his entire head. Yeah, well. <laughs> it doesn't look like him. No, it doesn't. But, I mean, have you seen pictures of him before that? Relatively, he looks good. Yeah, he looks like plastic version. He looks like the Wax Museum version of Buff Bagwell. But. I'm Buff and here's my stuff. (laughs) 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 Shall we continue? Buff versus DDP. Diamond Cutter. DDP wins. Mortis versus Ultimate Dragon for the TV title. Flatliner from the top, reversed into Powerbomb, into Dragon Sleeper. Ultimate Dragon wins. Two don't-care matches in a row. Moment of the night. Moment of the night. Gene in ring with J.J. Dillon. I got another contract offer for Sting. Sting's in the rafters. After they play it off for about five minutes, acting like they don't know where he is. Then they finally see where he is. Repels into the crowd. After the, wait, hang on. After the crowd has already given away where he is. Oh, yeah. And the camera has given away where he is. 100%. Where is he? Where is he? And they do the longest search for him. I'm like, motherfucker, where everyone is looking right now. The entire crowd is looking to the left, and J.J. Dillon goes, ah, I'm going to give a gander to the right. <laughs> it was quite annoying and went too long. Anyways, he's hyping up his new contract. I got a contract for you. I know what you want. You want to take on the NWO. Well, I've got you a match against an NWO member. Six. JJ's really dropping the ball here. Naturally, Sting rips up the contract and bounces. Gene goes, Gene asks Sting, what do you want? What the fuck do you think he wants? The crowd is literally chanting Hogan. Gene asks again, what do you want? Sting points to the crowd, basically saying, uh, do the you hear what they're saying? The most unison goddamn chant in history of wrestling. <laughs> Hogan, Hogan, Hogan. I don't know. What do you guys want? Six? <laughs> my favorite, my favorite part, though, was Mike Tanay goes, Dylan just doesn't have the right piece of the puzzle yet. What is it, a four-piece puzzle? <laughs> I think it's a one piece puzzle. <laughs> the board is there. He just lost the entire fucking piece. Oh, main event. I swear to God, if next week he offers Glacier, we're done with Monday Night Wars. Oh, God. Yeah. You know it's not going to be that simple, right? <laughs> it's not going to be that simple. Main event Macho versus Hennig. Uh, this was like watching Matt Hardy and Christian on AEW. Uh, Macho uses Liz as a shield again. And uh, my favorite part about this was Hennig just goes to lay in the punch with Liz standing there. Naturally, Liz ducks and he hits Macho. But he's like, yeah, fuck that. I'm going for you anyway. You can't use her as a shield. Kind of a cool spot. 
I am really thrown back on the reference of Hardy Christian Macho Henning. Because we watched these guys on WWF TV in the eight in like the late eighties. You know, you say that, but did you? A lot of the time that perfect was the heel. So was Macho. They only had a couple of matches, probably. It's it's it, it's it's the general sentiment that they're we've done this before. See what I'm saying? Old shit. All right, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I like my theory. Better. Thanks for pointing out my plot holes, Dick. <laughs> You're line stepping. Move on. Habitually, Hennig sends Macho to the floor. DDP runs in. It's a DQ, and Luger makes the save eventually. Hooray! That's the end of the show. Lame. Remember the time a week ago when Luger was champ? All right. <laughs> that was short-lived. We get an intro package on Raw, Brett, Sean, and Sergeant Slaughter. And we open up with Shawn Michaels in the ring with Jim Ross. He's going to be facing Mankind tonight. He's kind of pissed off, though, because he says, I found out about having this match while I was watching Superstars. Runs down Vince for it. We get some chants from the crowd saying, Sean is gay. Sean hears it. He gets back on the mic and says, Why don't you ask your sister and your mama how gay Shawn Michaels is? Oh! <laughs> Peacock? It was there? <laughs> oh, God. Swear while I was watching it. Again, it was one of those moments while I was watching my version. I go, there's no way in hell. ODM is here and Sean is gay right now. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Yeah, it's, they kept it. It's weird. Uh, Sean says... Why don't you ask your mama and your sister how <laughs> just how gay Shawn Michaels is? I was like, I love it. Honestly, some people have great comebacks. That one is a good one. Kurt Angle had one of the best ones, too. You suck. I learned to from your mother. Oh, shit. <laughs> Probably because he was just good so... Good one, Sean. Good job. All right, <laughs> right? let's move on. Absolutely. Uh, he says Slaughter's not going to shove that giant chin into my business, naturally. Slaughter comes all over the ring. Sean getting very cocky, uh, getting on his tiptoes to get right into Slaughter's face, and he's wiping Slaughter's spit out of his face as he's talking. Says, do you understand me? Sean says, like a windshield without any wipers, you are crystal clear, chin boy. HBK says he's got a big insurance policy. Made a lot of great chin references. He's like face-to-face -face with him trying to get like the chin, chin to chin. chin. Yeah, he's doing the chin was, to chin, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Here's the deal. Sean is not a heel. No. I mean, he's not a face. No, nope, he's a tweener. He's right in between right now. Yeah. Yep, at this exact moment right now, tween. And... Why I say that is the crowd is 50-50. Yeah. Some are laughing at his antics. Some are just straight booing him. Pretty much, yeah. It's a good it's a good line to walk. Uh, yeah, he says he's got an insurance policy for his match tonight and uh, does the suck it pose to slaughter. Next match of this edition of the Monday Night Wars. It's a country whooping match. You heard me. You heard me right. It's a country whooping match. My favorite ways to have a whooping. 
Yeah, it's it's no time limit, no DQ, whip your opponent till they go outside the ring and to the floor. Um, Owen and Bulldog are on commentary. They say they want to both face the Patriot tonight. And uh, there's going to be a four-way tag title match at ground zero. Uh, Henry gets knocked to the floor and Hawk wins. Next. I can't wait to talk about this. Did you notice the ad for the Stridex Superstar cards? You remember seeing that? It's a Stridex commercial. Yep. They're one of the sponsors, which makes sense given their fan base at the time. Um, I still have the Taker one in my garage. Wow. <laughs> the, the actual Undertaker. I saw him watching this, and I'm like, wait a minute. I went back. I'm like, that's where that came from. Huh. I don't even fucking remember where I got it. Do you ever look at it? When you're in the garage, you ever look at it? You see the Stridex logo and you're like... <laughs> well, it's not on there. It must be on the back of the cart or something. I don't know. It's fucked up. I'm like, holy shit, that's in my garage right now. It was fucked up seeing that, man. It was fucked up seeing that. Uh, we had a quick backstage thing. Slaughter's knocking on Pillman's door to deliver his gear, a.k.a. the dress. And next we get Scott Putsky versus Tony Williams. I mean, at least that's the match that was happening in the ring. You really didn't get to see a lot of it because Marlene and Goldust come to commentary to show Marlene's film, which is just a camera in Pillman's locker room. At uh, one point, Pillman is arguing with the dress. Yes, you heard that right. Um, Jim Ross says, this is the first time we've seen Pillman in his underwear. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> Easy, JR. Pillman struggles with getting the dress on, tries ripping it up. Oh, yeah, Putsky wins. Um, yeah, so there we go. Next, we get Flash Funk versus Brian Pillman. Uh, they tease uh, an article in the latest Raw magazine about how Dustin couldn't have his own identity. It wasn't allowed, his relationship with Dusty. Uh, Pillman, again, gets shoved onto the ramp by Slaughter. Slaughter's backstage, uh, talks about who is going to get the match with Patriot. He says, since they both want to fight, they'll get a tag team match. Patriot will get to pick a partner of his choosing. Won't be named until the match starts. King says, you know, this power thing has gone to his chin, McMahon. Pillman hits a DDT. (laughs) Goldust music hits. Him and Marlena come out. Goldust has popcorn. They show the footage of Pillman getting dressed on the Tron. Naturally, that gives Funk time to hit the roll-up for the win. Another week in a dress for Pillman. Man, you could almost almost say, or go so far as to say, that's something that could kill a man right there, having to wear a dress every week. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, all right. I'm just, wow. I'm just saying you're right. It's not the best way to leave a career. Like, Yo, like, if Rowan Reigns died tomorrow, man. Suffering succotash. You know, well, no, he didn't have that, but Pillman's last fucking feud really is. Not good. Between a triple threat with gold dust and a dress. Nah, hang on, he gets to bang Marlena a little bit, too, before he dies. All right, let's move on. there's, There's something at least, right? Uh, we get a recap of Austin almost getting paralyzed slash killed. I mean, who didn't? And we get the dudeness, dude love in ring with Vince. The groupies are ringside. 
asks for an update on Austin. He calls Austin the Iceman, which is a nice nod to the origins of the Stone Cold moniker. I'm not sure if you're familiar with me. I say, yeah, obviously you know where that's coming from. <coughs> Mankind starts talking about the God Ones and said, they wouldn't know hip if they were smoking it, brother. Okay. They actually ask him about Mankind facing Shawn Michaels tonight. If I had to guess, Mankind is going to rock and roll all over that wannabe hippie. HBK comes on the Tron, calls dude a Nimrod, his new favorite word. And he goes, you are not me. You're not even you. That made me laugh. The, oh, yeah. You're not even you made me laugh. I swear right away, as soon as he said it, I was like, that's, that's a good line. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those I had to pause it just because I had to regain myself and type it down. Uh, yep. After that, the groupies come to the ring. Dude powders, then goes back into dance, and Jr. says, "Good Lord, my mom was watching." <laughs> we see the Patriot this is backstage. Oklahoma, those are my sisters. <laughs> it's on. What was, didn't we use that as an episode name? <laughs> or was it my mother-in-law's watching? That's what it was. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm surprised one of our episodes hasn't been named, like, SVU, Special Victims Unit. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Hour 2, Owen and Bulldog Give was time. Patriot. It was a different time. Yeah, shit, we've already hit a couple of those. Uh, Patriot's mystery partner is Shamrock. Owen gets on the mic, dedicates the match to, to Brett. Brett's watching from the back. I love the evolution of watching from the back of filming somebody watching TV in the back. It's one thing that Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn never mastered. <laughs> they never found the perfect way to do it. We've seen it like eight different ways already. Yo! Eddie Kingston made fun of it this week. He goes, I have a thing in my oh, ear. Oh, you don't have a TV here? This TV, what am I supposed to look at? <laughs> Great joke, man. Good yeah. for you to make fun of that bullshit production thing. Like, why do I have to stand facing you, but my head has to be cocked to a TV? Like, I'm watching from another room. I, It's both perfect. Yeah. Perfect timing. They've, they've never gotten it right. Uh, Brett's on the ramp. Uh, comes down to the ramp to confront Shamrock, but Slaughter stops him. Refs with Owen and Shamrock on the floor. Uh, but before Owen left, he slid a chair in the ring. Bulldog goes to use it, but Patriot hits his slam on Bulldog and gets the three count. So, next we get a quick uh, Bret Hart kind of interview slash uh, VTR segment where they're showing a lot of the fans in Toronto. He's talking shit about America, you know, talking up the, the Canadian fans and the fans across the world. And then we see Shawn Michaels backstage with his insurance policy. Kicks the cameraman out, but it was obvious who it was, and I didn't realize this was it. Again, perspective. Hey, you know what? Back that up. There's no way that is obvious who it was. If you only watch WWE, WWF, or even WCW at that time, it was actually, you know who it was. You did not know who it was. I knew who it was when I saw it now because I know what happens. Well, no shit. That's like saying, well, you know, I watched WrestleMania 14. I knew who was going, but I didn't know if I should watch the full match. All I'm saying is I recognized who it was, and 
I didn't realize this was when it happened. Okay, I got it. I got it. I thought you meant like it was pretty obvious. No. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah, it was more of a holy crap. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't realize this is when it happened. Yeah, perspective, man. Got it. Oh, let's see. Uh, Patriots backstage and pretty fucking fired up talking about his success not being a fluke. uh, And then he was attacked with a chair by Brett. So there you go. And where there's your success, there's your fluke. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. This doesn't last long, I believe. We get Farouk versus Chains. We get a quick recap of Ahmed getting kicked out of the nation. We get a ref bump. Rocky comes out to wake the ref and instead just hits a rock bottom on Chains for the three count. Farouk and... Yeah, fuck yeah, man. That's what I said. Good shit. Good shit. Farouk... Has got a new member in Nation, and it's Rocky. All right. I didn't think we were going to get to see the turn before we took the break. We saw the official turn of Rocky Maivia. Now it's just uh, pretty soon. He is the Rock. It's going to be there. It's going to be said soon. And damn, it was awesome to see. I forgot when it was going to happen. It, it happened so subtly. He came in just to help a ref. Bam! Knocks chains. Oh, it was great. Awesome moment. Yep. And hits him with the rock bottom, too, which is good to see. Yeah, man. So, I mean, let's... let's yep. It, yeah, let's take a look here. I mean, we've got Shawn Michaels kind of morphing into his DX character. That's cool. You got Steve Austin on top. You know, obviously the yep. unfortunate injury, but we know where it goes from here. We got Rocky with the nation domination. It feels like we just need one more thing. Uh, I don't know. We'll get there. Anyway. And you also have uh, Mankind Dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, going into the face side of things. A good shakeup of things. There are a lot of good things are happening right now. I like Absolutely. It. Yeah, There's. this is where they're really starting to kick it in gear. This is when things are starting to take shape for sure. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, DOA tries to break into the nation's locker room. They're pretty pissed, as one would might imagine. We get a uh, Sable as our guest ring announcer. Vince goes, "Boy, is she hiver hot?" Okay, Vince. She's not a paralegal. Relax. Uh, Sable gets in before she can even get on. <laughs> before she can even get on the mic, <laughs> the Patriot just fucking storms down to the ring and gets on the mic. I can take any man one-on-one face-to-face back down from nobody, but I can't do anything when I get jumped behind. Want to prove you're the man you say you are, the champ you say you are? You don't have to wait. We can do it right now. Brett comes to the ring, and they just start fighting. There's no match, no officials, just a fight. Foundation ends up coming down. Numbers are too much. Officials break it up. <clears throat> we get an incoming phone call from some kind of scammer. Fuck you. I don't know you. Leave a voicemail. Anyway. Main event time after our wonderful Brockus like, promo. Why are you pointing at me? Oh, you're trying to decline <laughs> the call. Uh, it's Shawn Michaels versus Mankind. Uh, Shawn Michaels puts the trash bin over Mankind, and when he takes it off, the glad bag is basically around him like a smock, and he wears it for about the first five minutes of the match. Nasty spot where Mankind's on the uh, announce desk, and Shawn Michaels hits an elbow drop from the apron of the ring. Desk doesn't break, though. They weren't very good with breaking tables at this point yet. Not as good as uh, pubic enema in WCW. I haven't quite figured that part out yet. Mankind gets the claw on. <laughs> they roll to the floor. 
And then Triple H and China come out to ringside. Oh, shit. What are they doing there? HBK takes off a mankind's mask. And then the insurance policy comes out. Rick Rude. There you go. There you go. We've got it all now. Rocks in the nation. DX is formed. It's forming. Austin is over as hell. Everything's in place, man. Uh, sweet chin music. One, two, three. Gong hits. Lights flicker. Taker comes out. But before he can get to the ring, we get Bear on the mic and on the Tron. The time is drawing near. Kane is coming. Red lighting. Pyro. That's how you end a fucking show right there. My only issue, you know, there was a specific episode of Tough Enough where Trish Stratus got really pissed off at a wrestler. She's like, why do you keep fixing your trunks, fixing, like, what you're wearing? And she's like, I shouldn't be. She goes, you're right. Just get into the match. Take care of things. What bothered me is that while Undertaker's music is hitting, Sean just kept trying to work on his necklace. Wait, I need this little stupid spinny thing to be in the front. He just kept touching his necklace. Touch. I don't know why it bothered the fuck out of me. It did. Now, I'm going to take a, a spin from here. During the Michaels and Mankind match, uh. Vince mentions Lawler. This weekend, you're going to be at, uh, you're going to have to fight with some people of your own. Jim Ross goes, yeah, it's going to be Hardcore Heaven 97 for ECW. You're taking on Tommy Dreamer. Vince goes, wait, I'm sorry, what promotion are we trying to promote here? Still had to do the little dig, but still giving his chance. So I said, "I, I have this. I should take a look at it and see what it's all about. First, Jen Jameson was there. All right, enough said. Here we go. In the pre-show, ICP gets their ass kicked. Jesus Christ, good. That's all I needed. Rick Rude comes out in the opener with Joey Styles, and the crowd is chanting, you sold out. They keep, and Joey's making mention, he goes, you... You know, you go to another promotion to feed your ego and feed your money ego. And he is being told that Todd Gordon, the commissioner, is telling him, well, if that's how you're going to be, you're not going to be seen as a commentator anymore on ECW television. Up next, we get the TV title... Taz versus Chris Candido. Just as Chris looks like he's about to get the win, Taz pulls out the win and gets him to tap out. Now, next we get Bam Bam Bigelow versus Spike Dudley. Do you remember that very, very popular scene of Spike being thrown into the crowd of an ECW arena. Right. Yeah, that was this night. That was Bam Bam threw this goddamn bastard into, like, the seventh row. It was amazing. Bam Bam beat the shit out of Spike Dudley. Wins. The next match is RVD comes to the ring. He's waiting. It's going to be a surprise opponent. Out comes... (laughs) 
Al Snow. He is the, the debuting wrestler tonight. And, per the words of Joey Style, yeah, that's right. They dressed him as a Marty Jannetty clone and called him <laughs> Leaf Cassidy. But here, he is Al Snow. And let me tell you something. RVD did not go, that's ah, a guy from there. Uh, I'm the OG here. I should beat his ass. A near 20-minute banger. And Al Snow beats the piss out of RVD. It's a great match, and you see a very dark, awesome side of Al Snow in his very first ECW match. Comes up short. RVD gets the win. But you're like, oh, that's the moment. We just watched. That's why I'm like, man, I almost wonder how much we should bring in ECW and drift it in because... We were just talking about Leaf Cassidy two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Here he is on ECW going toe-to-toe with one of ECW's very best RVD. A great match. Okay, this one's a good one. Dudley's retain against PG-13. Go ahead. Ask me who PG-13 is. No. They are the former two white rapping guys of Nation of Domination. Okay, yeah. Again, here we go. Now we got more WWE guys getting there. We go, oh shit, all right. This is starting to, I'm starting to see some more transitioning over to here. Dudley's made quick work, obviously. Then we get Tommy Dreamer versus Jerry Lawler. This goes all over the the arena. Has your oh my god, uh, Lawler does not one backstage promo saying the exact same thing, but goes out to the ring and I mean almost word for word mentions Steve Austin, The Undertaker, trying to name drop people to seem edgy, right? And he did it in both of them. To- Undertaker told me to give give Tommy Dreamer a good tombstone, right? And that and he's playing up the right heel. Tommy comes out, does his thing. Not one, not two, three lights out moments in this match. The first, Rick Rude comes out and starts hitting Tommy Dreamer with a chair. Okay. It's even better because now you know he's not only just WWE bound, but also heel bound with Michaels. Perfectly a, a good mix in with Lawler. Just as Tommy Dreamer gets the upper hand, bam, lights go out again. And this time, it was. Uh, oh my god, this one got me. I was surprised. Are you ready? Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh boy. And he helps Lawler. And they're like, wait, these guys have had a storied past in the WWF. Oh, ECW had no problem mentioning it. And and Roberts is trying to help Lawler win. Still, Dreamer kicks out. The lights go out one more time. Who is it? Bam. Tammy Sitch. Sunny. And, And she sprays hairspray in the face of Tommy Dreamer. Beulah McGillicuddy says, fuck that shit. 
and spears her ass to the ground, beats the piss out of her, and Tommy Dreamer gets the win over Jerry Lawler. A lot of fuckery, but also a lot of great, just random spots. I mean, from Rude to Jake Roberts to Sonny, it was fun. Great moment. And then, your main event match. Now, here's why. Earlier today, I brought up to you about the Quake at the Lake, Fighter Fest, Fight for the Fallen. This night is Hardcore Heaven 97. A week ago was Heat Wave 97, and it was a TV show. On that night, Sabu wins the ECW world title against Terry Funk in a barbed wire match. And if anybody remembers this match at all, this is where both guys are like tangled in barbed wire. Like head to toe, it's stuck all around Sabu's pants. Both of them are screaming in pain. It's a bloody brawl. Sabu wins the title. And then five days later, drops it to Shane Douglas in the main event. I really feel like, and I'm not sure of it, but I really feel like Sabu maybe wasn't supposed to win against Terry Funk that night in the barbed wire match, but how everything went and they couldn't get everybody untangled. Go back and watch that match. It, it's a uh, real shit gotcha, show when gotcha. it comes to a barbed wire match. Um, but the end of the night is Shane Douglas winning the ECW title. Look, I'm not saying we got to change up our Monday Night Wars. I'm just saying when you listen to the names, you got the guys from the nation. You got Al Snow, right? I mean, this is guys that we're talking about on a weekly basis, but even more so. Bam Bam. That's crazy. On Nitro soon. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, you also got to wonder if they have the plan was to have him drop it transitionally to Sabu just because of his health at that time, you know? Um, but... Yeah, yeah, who knows? He's probably still held it the uh, Luger did, though. So you have <laughs> ECW, right? That's the OG, the original hardcore wrestling fan base. Yeah. And then at some point, WWE was like, yeah, we're going to try to remake ECW. Yeah. Did it work? No. No. But that being the transition... Let's go to the movie of the week. That's right. I'm doing Claudio's. Uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Goddamn you're jazzercising. Are you watching Ernest the Cat Miller videos over there? <laughs> Billy Blanks. Look at this week is a different take when it comes to our movie of the week. Normally, it's, let's talk about a movie. We had Lean On Me. We had Goodfellas. We, we've had a lot of great movies since the last, like, what, two, three seasons. One thing you and I have never touched base on is originals versus remakes. I have my own take, theory, Ideas. Would you like to go first, or do you want me to take the reins? I don't know. I think it'd be better if you go, uh, just so I can shit on all over you when you're done. <laughs> okay. Wow. Can't wait to talk about this topic. Here we go. 
I'm an OG. You know, do not remake Stairway to Heaven. Do not remake Freebird. Right? You know, it, that's Just music, don't play Freebird. obviously. But... <laughs> Actually, fuck that. When the person says play Freebird, you play it and then, you know, kind of give a little uh, shake weight right to their face and go, there you go, buddy. Um, When it comes to the originals versus a remake, me personally, I'm an... I'm an, I'm a major fan of originals. Like, they're recently now talking about redoing White Men Can't Jump. I'm like... Why? <sighs> Remake it if it was a shitty version. Remake it if it could have been better. But to me, not everything needs to be redone. We see a lot of it nowadays. I'm okay with sequels, but remakes, I mean, countless, countless amounts of what has been redone. And what I'm going to assume is you'd probably be on the same page as that. But I have two minor exceptions to the rule. Both are in the horror sense. Okay. And I don't mean whores running around like in Tommy Boy. (laughs) I'm talking about horror. (laughs) I got like her idea. I'm talking about Halloween you got the Jamie Lee Curtis version. Me personally, I'm a fan of Rob Zombie's version. Okay, okay. And then to gotcha. there, same with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I like the OG version, but at the same point, the new version with Jessica Beale and then the one that followed after that, I was a fan of. I thought they did a great job with. Not everything is going to be a home run hit, you know, when it comes to remaking. But for me, end of the day, find a new idea, don't remake it. That's me personally. Original, keep it as it is. Now, I'd like to hear your theory, original, remake. All right. Well, I mean, we're actually on the same page. Uh, I I wasn't sure which way you were going to go, so I agree with you 100%. Uh, You know, when it comes to music, I'm a little... I kind of go two ways. I go hard one way or the other. I'm very manic-depressive when it comes to music remakes because you and I both have heard fantastic covers. I mean, Hendrix, All Along the Watchtower, that's a fucking cover. Actually, a lot of his hits were Dylan tunes. Uh, it's not uncommon in music, uh, so it's really nothing to scoff at, right? Um, but then again, I go to somebody's house, we go to play darts, and all I hear is covers, and they're all terrible, right? So I hate them in that instance. With movies, for the most part, yes. And now it's getting worse because now they're trying to bring back everything. Everything is getting rebooted, and it's mm-hmm. so fucking terrible. Now, every once in a while you hit. Dawn of the Dead, that was a good remake. Ocean's Eleven, that was a good remake. The Thing, that was a good remake. Cape Fear, that, that was, was a good, good one. That was a good one. Uh, what else? Scarface is actually a remake. The Fly. 
Uh, Heat is actually kind of a, a remake. Uh, Ocean's Eleven we already talked about. Dawn of the Dead. Um, oh, Fistful of Dollars. Fistful of Dollars is based off of a Japanese mm. uh, samurai movie. So, I mean, yeah. So there are certainly exceptions, but for the most part, yeah. Knock the shit off. Uh, like, you know, you get bad ones like The Italian Job. Like, that didn't need to be done. What the fuck is up with that? Um, Dread. RoboCop. Like, really? Why? Why are we doing this? You know what I mean? It's just, it's... No. Knock it off with the remakes. Don't try to catch lightning in a bottle. Don't try to, 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 to piggyback off of something big just to kind of try to make a profit because yeah there are suckers out there but most people are smart enough to see through the bullshit let us keep the classics where they are nobody's remaking the godfather if they try to they should get shot nobody's remaking pulp fiction they should if they try they should get shot nobody's remaking lawrence of arabia if they try they should get shot you just don't need to do it with certain movies i swear to god if anybody tries to remake my girl and get that little Macaulay Culkin stung by bees in any other way, I will be fucking pissed off. It ain't nothing but a bee sting, baby. <laughs> All right, hey, I'm glad that we both agree on the same goddamn thing when it comes to movies. Keep it OG, baby. Next week, speaking of keeping it OG, we're going old school style. You know what I mean by that? It's a finale. We do it every season. That's it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you thought, like, oh, my God, is going to make me do promo wars no. next week? No. <laughs> we'll hold off on that. We don't need to do that. That's too early. We're not that mad at each other yet. Give it another year or two. We'll get back to that range. But next week, it is season four's finale. 33 episodes, and we're done. Next week, we'll be talking about some Monday Night Wars. Also, next week, we have a top topic. It was funny to write this as our top topic three weeks ago. We thought it was a great idea. The rise and fall of WWE. We're like, yeah, it's perfect. Fall is just please see 2022. But, oh, shit. Or is it? So I think the name of it may have to be the rise and fall of WWE. Or is it? <laughs> that may be the name of it because it, things may turn around even more so in just the next seven days. Who knows? But next week, we'll be back for one last episode. And you know, it's me, the professor, bidding you a farewell. ODM, because it's season four, he's going to leave you with quattro words. Wordays. Quattro wordays. Four. Whatever. I don't know. That was horrible. Four words. La Rasa, La Rasa. Hey, Nightwing, instead of just messaging us your good shit, why don't you record that shit and put it on the drive so we can fucking use it? Swear to God the other day, ding, ding, ding. Bro, you just did three good shit segments. Record them and send them in. Wait, is that your final four <laughs> words of the week? No, no. I had four different four words, but you started doing quattro and shit. So I was just like, La Rasa, La Rasa. <laughs> the Nightwing thing La you Rasa. can use forever. Right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to give it one more time. Take two. We're out of here.
Nightwing, we'll see you next week. La Rasa, La Rasa. I'm the professor. I bid you a farewell. Please join us next week for the finale. ODM, leave us with four more words. Finale next week, bitches. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. Oh my god. Just wait till I give you some of these notes. It's it's like a hidden gem. I didn't really watch this one. And Jenna Jameson is there. <laughs> Alrighty then. Enough said. Yeah, right. <laughs> Titties and STDs for days. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'll be back in All a couple. Right. You're not as sad as I am, all right? No, she was never Greece the one that I wanted anyway, you. so. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Yo, get the fuck out of here. That was the best. <laughs> I kind of wanted to get physical with her. I got to tell you this story real quick, man. I, I, I wanted to tell you, I'm kind of bummed out about it. Like, not bummed out. What, that you got to believe we imagine. <laughs>